spidey senses tingling. Hello. Hello. Fresh, fresh from jail, uh, ABC's Slim Allen. Like I'm improvement reference. <laughs> I like the, the Slim Burton one the best. I think. Welcome to your new favorite podcast. We're your whole favorite podcast. I mean, or your continuously favorite podcast, Paper Keg. Uh, the one that started it all. It's never fell out of the uh, new and noteworthy of your hearts. No. Uh, we're the Paper Keg podcast. Talk about industry news. Mm-hmm. Um. The books we're reading, new and old, you know, and we do a book club this week, the arguably the most controversial book we've ever done. Ain't that the truth? Captain America Truth by Kyle Baker and Robert Morales. That's right. We'll get into it soon. Uh, and then we'll read your letters to close out the show. But let's, let's introduce everybody, you know, yeah. if you're a first time listener, thanks for coming by. You're in for a treat. There are a lot of comic book podcasts out there. There's a lot. There's a lot of crap. I think we feature the most celebrities, though, on the panel. I think so. The most well-known. The cream of the internet crop. Cream of the crop. They love us on the Twitters. Probably the creamiest so far. Uh, Internet celebrity. For reals, we are big on the Tumblr, though. We are are pretty big on the Tumblr. So my introduction just messed up. (laughs) Way to walk all over that. Uh, His hair looks ravishing. Uh, the most controversial host we've ever had. Podcast bad boy Dale underscore A. Welcome. Creamy like a Greek yogurt over here. His Twitter can be found at, at Dale underscore A. Follow me. He's also the reason we can't be played in public places. Yeah. It's like a big sponsor of the comic book shop in I mean, Delaware. Delaware. Big, big big show sponsor. Big show sponsor. Yeah. Check out uh, their store in Wilmington. Our digital storefront. We have a uh, formerly uh, DC historian. Remember them days? Um, he's been called the ABM of the show. I don't agree with that. I think that's a racist. The anger or the blackness? Both. Uh. Mark Farrington, thanks for taking a break from your busy schedule as a TV star and choppering in here. Thanks for being here, Mark. What up, people? Good to be back. And sorry about that little incident in the car where you dropped the N-bomb on me. Oh my God. The N-bomb being <laughs> negated. We were driving, windows were down, things got misunderstood. Um, last but not least. No, I'm, I'm least, let's be real. Let's, yeah, let's, maybe just Jonesy's here. Last and least. Jonesy's Jonesy. here. Jonesy, yeah. Jonesy, uh, thanks for being here, I guess. Thank you. Uh, you know, I was happy to show for you to the steamy bowels of New Jersey. You, you've you been called a writer on By the show. Time. How's the book coming? Good. Yeah? Good. Finish? You know, uh, no. Brad, uh, God love him, got a great new job. And Brad Heitmeyer, a cover artist. Yeah, we're waiting for his schedule to settle down. You know, unfortunately, when you're not getting paid to uh, sip mochas and write comics and live yeah. on the West Coast. And have all your time for writing and uh, you know podcasts. Portland, you know you uh, you know real life gets in the way, but you know we're staying strong and we're a good team, me and Brett. Right. We have a great creative process, and uh, I wouldn't give it up for the world. You probably never told Slim that Slim you're ever doing a book. <laughs> what would I, what would I introduce you as if you weren't writing a comic book? 
this guy that drove me to New Jersey. <laughs> the chauffeur. He pays for stuff. That sometimes gets on the show. So let's get into some news. Yeah, you know? Let's get right to it. We had a big celebration episode last week. Yeah. Uh, big show. 25 eps. Yeah. We want to celebrate something else right now. Tell me. The Catwoman pictures that leaked on the internet. Oh, uh, celebrating Slim. Yeah. I just, I just popped my Chinese firecrackers all over the place. <laughs> so there were some intense zoomed shots that leaked from the filming of The Dark Knight uh, Rises. Is that what it's called? Yes, The Dark Knight Rises. Um, Starring Batman. Yeah, Batman's in it, I believe. What are your thoughts on the costume, Mark Farrington? What's not the like? I mean... It's pretty darn close to Darwin Cook's designs. I thought it was a classic costume. I see your leg twitching over there, Jonesy. You disagree with me? You know, it is still shots. It's not finished produced material. Right, you can't judge a movie by its still leaked shots. withhold some judgment, Mm -hmm. but I'm wondering if we'll refer to Anne as uh, Miss Kitka instead of Selena Kyle. It was very, you know, or the kit. Catwoman, mm-hmm. not very. You know, I was thinking more of like a Batman Hush era costume with like the little backpack and the uh, the hoodie with the ears on it and the goggles, goggles instead of a mask. I mean, that's where my mind you know immediately went to. But I trust Chris Nolan. He brought us Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. You know, you the know, two best live action Batman films. So arguably, I mean, you yeah. got the Batman one with Adam West. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. You know what I'm saying, Dale? <laughs> what did you think of the shots? Did you see the shots? Yeah, I agree with Jonesy. Uh, well, especially because you just can't judge. I you need to see this in action with you know proper lighting, proper action. It just looked kind of dull to me. I mean, I I don't know what I was expecting, but it looked like every other Catwoman costume. Yeah, you know, I don't know. So it was they, weird. They, and those heels are they obvious? The costume obviously looked pretty terrible, in my opinion. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, but it's a still shot, right? You know, I love how you said it. Obviously, looked terrible. It did. in your opinion, because I'm still in the mode where the Chris Nolan movies are realism, and it's supposed right. to be taking place in like a real environment, as real as you can get, with the Joker and Batman in a costume. I thought the second movie was still kind of, you know, sort of realistic. I don't see Catwoman floating around in that in those heels and little, right. you know, uh, mask riding the tumbler around. It's kind of hard. Everything just goes out the window at that point. It's hard to take it seriously, which is a concern. Yeah. My biggest fear is the Bane angle. And I think I might have been talking with you or just Dave the other night where I had thought that maybe they went back to that uh, Legend of the Dark Knight where the Venom is introduced first and Batman becomes kind of like a Venom junkie. And that's where Bane comes in as kind of his dealer, per se. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, if they try to do, like, the Batman, the animated series way, where he just comes in as, like, a hired hand to kill Batman, I, th- I think they'll lose a lot I of people. I think he's supposed to be some kind of, like, underground fighter. At least that's what my, my thinking is. Like well, an MMA tournament, like, underground fight club. Talking to friends of mine who were out in Pittsburgh during the taping of The Dark Knight Rises, mm, okay. based on some of the stuff they were hearing in the football field. Is his name Christian Bale? Eh, we talk. Me Did he give you free stuff because you asked him real nice? You know, I was going to share it with you. Based on the dialogue that they overhear, that they overheard when Heinz Field, he made it sound like he was supposed to be a master criminal. Now, granted, they were only using snippets, and I'm sure they're going to. Uh, You're probably talking a slap. ADR. Just like everybody else out there. Yeah, who are these people? I want I names. Know. 
Just because they were out in Pittsburgh. We want to do it off the show. We want to do it now. I can shout do them they out. Have personas so you can just throw their name out. No, some no people get by persona? without Twitter. What kind of a loser is this that you're talking about here? Without hey. Twitter personas, get out of here, man. We digress so quickly on the show. <laughs> derailing. Um, what else? What else we got? We got a Marvel Digital Collections just dropped, right? Yeah, Dale? I'm pretty excited. Jonesy? Huh? I'm pretty excited. Sorry, Dale. You had something oh, in your mind. Yeah, no. Did you see them? It was pretty cool. I wasn't even expecting it. I opened up the uh, Marvel app of all apps. Yeah. Just to refresh it, you know. See what's out there? Just because I noticed it got the, uh, the the retina display finally. And, oh, uh, yeah. So I, I kicked it up, and there were some digital trades in there. Save a few bucks. Yeah, you save like a dollar. Yeah, I think yeah, digital but. trades are like the wave of the future. Remember I was so high on those when I was uh, rereading the entire Atomic Robo series? You're always high on the Atomic uh, Robo series. I am. I am. If we had a drinking game, we would tell people to drink now because you mentioned Atomic Robo and they yeah, love it. Yeah, where where are we with the drinking game? So I don't know. I just I just said one of them. So we have four listeners. One of you four guys can't. We could do work. come up with. We a, do uh, podcast bingo, and you talking about Atomic Robo will be one of the squares. I think Ed Don Garvey is actually starting a drinking game for Paper Cake. That's, uh, Jones mm. looks very bemused. I'm looking at you, thing. bud. <laughs> I know of a few other points where I would drink if I was listening. Uh-huh. What about what are your points, Slim? Mine? No, I don't have any. Yeah, I change it up every week. Oh yeah, okay. One of the other ones is when Jonesy says to your point. That's another Do one. Do I say that a lot? Yeah. No. Everyone listen for it now. No. 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 I'm That's never a good one. It. I think a Dale Flash joke is probably a good drink. That's a drink too. Yeah, because oh. you're guaranteed at least one great one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, at least do we, showstopper. Do we want to get into the comic talk? Jonesy's got a big list. Twenty-one issues, oh, son. Yeah. Jonesy for a total of I think fifty issues in the past two weeks, right? Yeah, I've been reading a lot, bro. <laughs> 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 so, Jonesy, what are you reading right now? New and old. Let's get into it. Let's go. Uh, let's go new. I'll go with Wonder Woman issue the first. Mm. Everybody else read this? Yeah. Yep. Blown away by the quality of this issue. Hmm. Hmm. I didn't have to know about Wonder Woman at all. Mm-hmm. I didn't even need to know her backstory. They didn't uh, plaster Themyscira all over the place. They gave me a great uh, story hook. The Mascara? Yeah, the, the Mascara <laughs> Island. Um, they sprinkled in some like Greek mythology, so you like if you didn't know about Wonder Woman, you'd be intrigued as to what her relationship was with the uh, Greek pan... Uh, Pantheon? 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 Pantheon. 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 So, Local um, writer. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey-o. So, yeah. I, I mean, it really drew me in. I thought the new costume was great. I love the, uh, the the panel where she opens up her closet, and she's got, like, axes and swords. And when she drops her, her clothes and she's in the buff. Oh, yeah. How about that one, Yeah, huh? bro, come on. Yeah. <laughs> what if she was a I, I made sure that my iPad was not faced in my wife's direction when I decided <laughs> to read that part. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it was just a, ended on a great uh, cliffhanger, and um, I'm definitely going to pick up uh, issue number two. I, I didn't like home the, run for I GC. Didn't, uh, I didn't like the cliffhanger. No? No. Why not? Uh, felt like it was too tradey for me, but I liked it. I did like it. It's a Wonder Woman mm-hmm. comic that I like, so that's pretty much a home run and to begin with. I totally glossed over JMS's Wonder Woman and Pants run, mm. so I'm kind of glad I get a new jumping on point, because I've... I didn't really like Wonder Woman until I saw her in Justice League Unlimited, and I felt like she really carried those storylines. So I've been waiting for like the next great Wonder Woman uh, book, mm. and I feel like like they're really delivering on that. So yeah. I can't wait to be a Wonder Woman fan. 
It's just out there for the taking, Jonesy. Yeah. You just gotta reach. Well, it. hanging fruit, bro. Just grab so, it. Yeah, I did grab it. I'll tell you that. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> Lord, <laughs> Mark Farrington, you are probably one of the biggest stars in the show's history right now. Yeah, he's you flatter me. One of you the shining me. stars. It's not true, but you flatter me immensely. Um, just want to give props to my backup set of headphones that Mark is using. Mark forgot his his big time set. What, what what brand? It was a Marvel brand, right? Who was it? A Marvel one? I think they were iPhone brand, or I don't even know what they, they were. were. An iPhone brand. I don't know what right you got to be careful. But, they were though, the... but uh, some of them were packaged with pre-cut wires. <laughs> Mark, what are you reading right now? You know what? I decided to read Batman number one. Scott Snyder. Sure. Rick decided to. Just decided yeah. to give it a chance. Yeah, well, it happened to be on maybe top of the list. Right. It was good. Starts off with Batman teaming up with the Joker in Arkham Asylum to fight off his rogues gallery. Or did he? Cuts to the Batcave. It's the modern Batcave that we've been seeing for years. Next panel is Bruce and his boys, Dick, Robin, and Tim. On their way to a charity event. It was good. Duty. It, it was nice. Raised a couple questions, though, for starters. How old is Batman in Nightwing? Because in DCNU, they wanted to make everybody younger. And if you look at a couple panels with Bruce and Dick side by side, they look like 30 and 20. Dick looks pretty young in Batman, but he looks older in Nightwing. Exactly. I think it's just the art is funky. That's what I assumed, but I'm yeah. still with this new timeline. I want to know when Dick, Robin, and Dick, Tim, and Damien were all Robins. You set the record for most dicks <laughs> oh my God. on this podcast ever. <laughs> oh, that wouldn't be the first time for going. his first dick record. <laughs> oh my God. Jesus. Sorry, everybody, for listening Can't to that. Can't play this in the, <laughs> the comic shop. <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks to me for the first time. Yeah. What, so you, I what got the impression on the car ride that you did not like Greg Capullo's art. I just didn't care for it. Get Everybody, out. get out. Hey, they all look the same. If you like your characters with the same, they basic all look face, the same. Hmm. I'll keep them moving. <laughs> Racist historian. Well, okay, it's more like it. This is all about the end bomb yeah. reference. <laughs> the most interesting thing to come out of this, and I guess you had to read Nightwing to get it, but in Nightwing they're setting up the story where Dick Grayson is accused of a murder, and in this story they've got the last panel being. DNA evidence showing Nightwing murder Dick Grayson is a murder for somebody else. So I'm wondering what time frame this is taking place. Is this in the past and Nightwing is the present? Yeah, Just a little confused. I read um, I read Batman and then I read Nightwing and I was like uh, shocked that they're doing a similar storyline in both runs, but you could read them separately. Like um, the cliffhanger at the end of Nightwing involved the, this, you know, this new character calling him a, a murderer or a killer, right? Right. Um, and that's what's happening at the end of Batman, which I was like, wow, they're they're tying in the storylines already, which is which is cool, but they're not like forcing you to read them together. It wouldn't be the first time that Snyder and I think Kyle Higgins, it is, work together on a Batman title. So, oh, really? They did it recently. Did so they with, do the Gates of Gotham or the? I think it was that. Yeah, that one didn't last long. I think it was only like four issues or something. It was something small. Yeah. It just seemed kind of shocking to be doing a crossover. Yeah, that's Potential soon. crossover straight out the gate. Mm-hmm. I loved Batman. I did too. Uh, Scott Snyder just took took it back to like Batman 101. Like he didn't try to give us a third of the book as like Grant Morrison type. Like you need to know all these references. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, do you like a mystery? Hey, do you like action? Hey, do you like kind of like techno action where you get some of the Batcave stuff in there? 
it it has it pleases in all points. Love me back to one hundred and one heart. You know what else was fun about it? Scott Snyder did to bring back the technology. Like how cool is it when he's field testing those contact lenses that gave him access to the Batcave? Mm. Yeah, and, uh, mm-hmm. I think Dick already questioned him. Like, uh, yeah, that's healthy. He had some line like that. Where so wait like, a minute. Yeah, you have access to the Batcave anywhere you go. Did yeah. you see um, James Gordon in Arkham in the beginning? The little no, uh, I know, no, I, panel I, I of um, the guy with glasses, nerdy looking dude in glasses, uh, like staying out of the fight. Little nod, you know. Good the detective Comics run. Man, that Detective Comics run. <sighs> that was juicy. Man. So, Dale, what are you reading? Thanks, Jonesy. <laughs> I will uh, tell you what I'm reading right That's now. My slim impression. That was very good. Continuing on the DCNU train for the month of September, Green Lantern Corps number one. Boring. Read it. Boring. I read it. Slim. Whoops. Let's start the show over, Slim. <laughs> Might as well. He's so bored he started playing with his phone. Green Lantern Corps focuses on the non-players that it, basically everything but Hal Jordan in the Green Lantern Corps. No other colors. That's uh, that's the Kyle Rayner book. Talking John Stewart, Guy Gardner, and the Kilowagan crew up there in Owa. And uh starts out with John and Guy trying to just live their lives. They can't because they've chosen to be Green Lanterns out in the open, and uh, Guy Gardner can't get a coaching job, which is true. I mean, why you can't you can't pay attention to kids when you know there's a a, a solar system wide crisis? Don't they get paid for being lanterns? Don't they get like a stipend or something? Get, no, so, they don't. They should get little green monies or they something. If not. you read Green Lantern issue one, Hal Jordan is pretty much homeless. Well, he's not a Green Lantern. That's why he's homeless. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, you I don't. Could, know, I, I imagine you could just don't. sleep. Sleep at uh, on planet Oa. You gotta have quarters there or something. I mean, I don't understand. This is blowing my mind. If they don't get paid, but uh, they're not in they the, the money, bro. Power. I guess space money. Is... How do they get food? How do they eat? They make it with their little ring. You can't make food. You can't do it. You, what? You can't use the power for your own desires. Isn't that right? If they wanted to make food, they could. And they have mess halls on Oa. Continue, Dale. Right, exactly. So they could stay there. So they end up going there because John and Guy. They're just they can't do anything they on Earth. They're eat. kicking around. Uh, they end up on Oa with all the other Green Lanterns, and uh, some stuff's going down. Yeah, big Green, stuff. Green Lanterns getting murdered all across the space sectors. No way. And this, I read this, and it, I'm starting to see like a crazy. It's Sinestro. All the all these DC books are very adult themed. There's yeah. just like They're violent. violent. Yeah. Wonder Woman had insane amounts of of horse death violence. Yeah. And arms being chopped off. Like, these Green Lanterns were cut in half, and there's just blood, and there's a beheaded... Like, I, I'm just starting to see some of these books, which is weird, because you don't know which to read and which not to read. They're rated teen, I've noticed, on, so they're rating them on the front, but yeah. I know uh, at Don Garvey was mentioning Supergirl. I don't know what that's rated, but his son was reading that one, so I can't imagine there's anything... Damn. Yeah, that was pretty... Batwing. Batwing was pretty violent. I mean, there were, like, decapitations at the end of that. Um, there's a few other ones that are like, they should totally be M-rated. Yeah, like, yeah. I wouldn't give half the books to my son if he was old enough. Yeah, it's so teen-rated is just, teen-rated, I would I would be inclined to give like a 12-year-old, you know what I mean, just as a parent. Mm. But this, I would, there'd be no way. Just people getting cut in half and stuff, but... Um, 19, teen-rated, that's where you start them at, I 19. guess. Um, so, but uh, 
I liked it overall. I mean, I, I liked the Green Lantern Corps back, way back when we started this podcast in the comics podcast. I talked about how I like the concept of the Green Lanterns and they're like a, a space cop right. uh, uh, corps. So um, it's cool that they get to focus on everybody else that's in the Green Lanterns and not Hal Jordan. Because I like them as a unit, as a whole, and uh, some of the other alien players they, that they bring to the table. Yeah, I picked that book up kind of on a whim. I wasn't sure if I wanted to get into Green Lantern just because it just seems so vast. Mm-hmm. And it seems like a real challenge to get into that universe. But I did like how they, they started off in like a very personable you know, personal level with Guy Gardner, like that that first opening scene where the uh, the other guys applying for the job are like, "Oh, we're never going to get this job." They got Green Lantern applying, yeah. And yeah. everybody kind of like says, "You're a hero," and they're kind of bugging him to use the ring and everything. But then when he has a conversation with the person hiring him, where where she's like, "Hey, look, I would hire you just for the name, but I got to think about the kids." Like, you know, you can't. They're kids. You can't just come and go out of their lives because mm-hmm. you got some dangerous job. And uh, it, it just kind of makes it out that it really sucks to be a Green Lantern. Like, it's great you go on these great space yeah. opera adventures, but what do you come home to? And if they keep going with that angle, I mean, I could definitely become a fan of that kind of storytelling. And I think they did a good job of explaining the core and how space sectors work and everything like that. So it's a nice introduction to uh, readers on issue one. They they say basically say, look at the universe as a, sp- a spokes on a wheel, and uh, the sectors are cut into triangle pieces with OA being the uh, skinny end of their sector and and branching out from there into the wide end. So they're always in their specter, sector, even if they're on OA. So it kind of gives you a, a nice introduction to how the core works and, uh, you know, some of the key players. What yeah, was, was pretty cool. What was John Stewart's job, DC historian? He is an architect. He was a former U.S. Marine, and then he went into architecture. Hmm. Yeah, that was pretty cool, too, how uh, he was kind of forcing the builders of this building to to uh, add in extra safety measures because just the building code for the city wasn't enough for a a huge disaster. So John Stewart was building in all these extra safety measures and they're just like blowing the budget way out of proportion. And that kind of forced John Stewart off the planet because they're like, you know, thank you're a heck of an architect, but we can't spend all this money, you know, and then he started getting on them because they didn't care about human safety. That's the way they were looking at it. But he doesn't, they don't know what to look at as far as a green lantern would see the dangers inherent in the possibility of a, 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 somebody crashing into the building from outer space or John, something like that. John Stewart sounds like a total dweeb. Actually, side note, I love probably his manifestation of the Green Lantern powers the best. Because he's an architect, like his constructs always have like, like you can always see like like a screw locked in somewhere. Or like it makes sense like mechanically how he would mm-hmm. build it in his mind. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was better than like a big hand or like, That's interesting. you know, a big mallet. Geoff described it well in an issue of The Flash. He's like, out of all the Green Lanterns, I love watching Jon Stewart do his constructs. Because since he's an architect, and at that fast and at that speed, he watches everything get constructed in fractions of a second. So while everyone else will just make a giant car, Jon will build the engine. He'll build the carburetor. And he went and did that same detail that you're talking about, which makes him fascinating. Art Vandalay. To some people. Yeah. Not slim. He uh, wasn't so a fan. I, mean, I don't get the whole Green Lantern thing. I just don't get you know, it. Did you it's like so, Star Wars? Yeah. But you didn't like Green Lantern? No. Uh, just the Green... I don't understand. They, those books sell like crazy amount of copies. They're like the Avengers and the X-Men of the DCU. 
but just doesn't You're do not anything. a fan. No. Just, no. just, just throwing it out there, you know? I'm not going to no. get on you. I'm not going to, you know, try to cause up a stink. You know what I'm just saying? Not a fan. Well, let's just move on to what you're reading. Uh, let's change gears into something spectacular. Let's do it. <laughs> of course. Now, let's, pull, let's pull a total 180. Supergirl. Let's do it. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked mm-hmm. it, too. I liked it, too. Oh, God. What a book. What a book. Anyway. You're looking to get into something new. You know, I'm, I'm the new DC historian in town. Newsflash. Right. Since when? Okay. Since I'm when? I'm reading all the books. Reading all of them, all the good ones anyway. Um, Supergirl, you know, I, I've known she's she had that animated movie. You know, Michael Turner drew her up a mm-hmm. lot. She's With got a, a belly s- shirt. Yeah, she's got a belly shirt. I don't know the backstory of the belly shirt. Mm-hmm. So I got a fresh start. The new Self DCU. Books, yeah, I guess. So uh, pick up the book. You know, Kara. She wakes up. Uh, she's she's crashed. She doesn't know where she is. She can't speak English. She's speaking Kryptonian. She doesn't know where she. You know what's going on. Poor Karen. She doesn't know what's going on with the weather. You know, what? it's like snowing. Huh? Krypton. Oh my gosh. She can't thinks be. it can't be. So what's uh, wrong with the sun? Right. So she just a great internal monologue. The whole issue, trying to figure out what's going on with her. Uh, the sun rises as she's like battling these mechs that are trying to you know get her under control. Mm-hmm. She's wild wearing the Supergirl costume. Wow. So uh, her powers start to manifest Ooh. as the sun pops up. She doesn't know what's going on. Find out next month what happens in the adventures of Kara. We're we gonna. Uh, My son just popped. Describe up. the uh, cliffhanger. Oh, that's right. No, yeah. I'm not no. going to. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, there's a special no. appearance by yeah. a character. If you follow the solicits, you pretty much know who it is. But stay tuned. You know, Supergirl is probably the last book I would be interested in. You know. Yeah, I agreed. And but yet, here you are. Here I am singing the praises of whoever wrote it and drew it. Did you uh, happen to see what the uh, rating was on the cover? Not teen, I, I take it. I mean, uh, would you let James read that, your son? Because you're a father. I, I'm a father now. Yeah. Um, that would be on the That's podcast. a drinking That's point. a podcast, bingo. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think so. There, there was some violence in this, but there, I don't remember being absurd violence. She's like pulling the people out of the mechs. Oh, that's no. Um, I mean, it's no Wonder Woman violence where she's throwing like a sword and cutting <laughs> arms off, where she could have just as easily used go. her lasso. Supergirl um, made her me, super strength made me wonder about aliens' place in the DCU because they made some sort of alien protocol reference. Uh, because I think super at this point, Superman has been a character in the DCU for five years, right? So they already there's already protocols in place for someone like him. In the DCU classic, aliens are welcome. They're just like Canadians. God, no wonder nobody read the DCU back then. I know. It's ridiculous. Mark Farrington, what are you doing? Why are you time? giving me the big eyes? I, I just, just the tone of voice you used when you said that. You know, back in the old DCU, aliens <laughs> were welcome. We're going to refer to that right. as the DCMU. You know, they got their own <laughs> Facebook page when they showed up. Nice reference to the callback. Gen Z is mm-hmm. doing a callback to <laughs> us, us in the car, three of us. So everyone's going to get that. That's metagaming right there. Uh, uh, let's, keep, let's keep it rolling. Just um, do another round or do a lightning we round? We might have to do a lightning round. That's how it goes around uh, here. You know, we're running out of time. That's how it goes. Sorry, everybody. This is probably, arguably, the hottest segment in podcasting going on right now. Agreed. Uh, lightning round is where we go through... Yeah, you know, we're running out of time. Literally, the tape is going at a fast yeah, clip. The real. Um, we'll describe a book we read in two sentences or less. Oh man. Okay. Want me to start? Mm-hmm. 
redlined it. Sentence number one. <laughs> Morning Glories, number 12. Oh, great book. Well, Morning Glories as a whole. I Internet darling. First sentence. I hate to draw lost parallels in Morning Glories, comma, but it looks like Juliet just showed up. I hate to upset. <laughs> sentence number two. I'm kind of yeah. I'm kind of hoping for some answers now, but I get that you have to sell monthly books. I don't mm. understand why Jonesy separates the sentences out. I think we can figure out what when the start of a sentence is. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to. I don't want to add my punctuation for your you know. first sentence is. <laughs> now I had that other guy in another paper keg show show us up with his little uh, oh, uh, back of the video who was jacket that? sentences. Uh, Timmy Wood. Well, I'm pretty sure is just the creator of uh, Penny Arcade masquerading as somebody else. Mike Karulik. You're about to start an East Coast-West Coast rivalry. It's already there, bro. Uh, My second point was Juliet from Lost is probably inarguably the worst character in the history of television. The most annoying woman I've ever seen on screen or in person. She made that stupid face. All all series yeah, long. My wife does a great impression of that face. I probably want to punch face right here. Yeah, she's awful. Yeah. I tell you what, though, she did get a uh, naked with Angelina in that Gia movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? How to get that? Jonesy just lighting around it in his pants. <laughs> Mark Farrington, former DC historian, uh, lightning round. X Men Schism number four. This is it. Comma, the event that broke the Cyclops. You got to get on him for that too, I hope. Eventually. That broke the Cyclops and Wolverine Union. Finally put Marvel's Merry Mutants back on the map and made me care about the X-Men. Can't wait for, uh, can't wait post-schism. Yeah, it's going to be good. I don't think we need to notate commas. I don't think we need to do that either. Yes, boss. (laughs) (laughs) I just instantly, I just in my headphones, I can hear like uh, executive producer Just Dave in my ear as it happens. You know, Dave, do me a favor. Email in what you like to listen to and what tweets you like to read so we can just curtail this whole process around you. You can help me out. We're going to get the angriest piece of hate mail from him. (laughs) I don't give a Podcast bad boy, Dale underscore A on the Twitter. Uh, Probably the most popular guy now. Spider Island colon Spider Woman one shot. What were you thinking? Read the Spider Island review by Mandy Boo and I. I should have read the other Spider Woman this month where she's making out with Hawkeye on the cover. Can I just point out (laughs) that Dale and Mandy Boo's review is the funniest thing I've read all year. It's amazing. Thank you. I I wish I could give you guys money to do those reviews every day. When you go into that part where you you're describing the the scene you went on your fighter pilot plane, <laughs> and you go off of like a four sentence tangent before you come back to it, I must have reread that part like fifteen times. It was hilarious. <laughs> oh my god! Go go to the paper keg or just Google what's what is it? What's the name um of the article uh, series? Pa- paper keg team up. Paper keg team. You just Google paper keg team up and it'll pop up. Closing, closing out the landing round. Slim. Slims up. The Big Lie. Oh, yeah. You know, the... Uh, Remember the solicits on yeah. this? About 9-11. The conspiracy or the fake... 
Whatever. Yeah, Just, well, uh, yeah. It's, it's a small title. You yeah. know, um, woman comes back in time to 9-11. That's what it was. To yeah. prevent the attacks. Huh? Um, I was hoping that it wouldn't have any truthiness or uh, truthers. I was mistaken. Mm. Man. Disappointing. Mm, Who published that? Image. Who does all the, uh, like, President Obama comics? Is that, like, bio? I think it's Blue Blue Water. Blue Water? Yeah. It seems like a title for them. They're getting into... um, That's all they're doing now is, like, biographies. Lindsay Lohan had a book. The guy who co-wrote it and drew it is the guy who did some of the Swamp things that we read, I think. Yeah. Alan Moore? (laughs) The Alan Moore? No. (laughs) The other guy. No, but the, um... I actually do want to talk about that book a little bit. The... So she goes back in time to try to be like a few days before the attacks, but she finds out that she's there that morning. So she goes up to see her husband who's in the tower doing like a movie pitch with a bunch of like big wigs. And so she shows up with an iPad and is like showing the video of the attacks and they all think it's like a bit from like Steven Spielberg to like kind of, you know, goad them into a movie deal or something. Oh, so the thing is that they use the 9-11... Uh, commission reports as she uses this as evidence of like the stuff that's happened they try to debunk her like oh that can't happen the government would have known we would have shot it down so then she gives information that was like publicly known the problem is um the guy who's like who's the husband is like in charge of like construction and he says like that wouldn't have been able to happen the the girders in the building would have held unless there were some kind of explosives in the bottom. So at this point, I'm like, oh, no. They're going to do Jesse the, the explosives. Body doing this. So they point out that, like, the squibs um, in the bottom of the building, like, as it was collapsing, you can see air shoot out from the bottom of the building. Some people say that that's proof that there were explosives down there. Other people just say it's just, like, the, wil- the windows burning, like, blowing out from the pressure. So... Uh, at the end in the book, like it happens, like the the planes hit, and she couldn't warn them in time. They, she didn't believe they didn't believe her. So the one guy is like alive, the the husband. He's like, oh, I can't believe it. It happened, and he's like, but the one building hasn't fallen yet or whatever. And he looks and sees one of the girders with explosives on it. Oh my god! And at that point, I'm just like, oh, god, why did I read? Why did That's I read so this? wrong. Yeah, it's just like a just, weird. It's, it's weird. It's like. weird to read. Like I don't know how. I don't know. I was. I gave it a chance, but then I read it, and I'm just like, Ugh. Yeah. Now, when That's did it like, come out? Did it come out this week? Okay. This week, and then like Uncle Sam, the narrator is Uncle Sam, and he closes the book. You know, alluding to there's like more to the story than what you know. Come I'm on. just like, all right, that's enough. I'm done. Let's have a comic about how the moon landing was faked because that's... you believe in the moon. That would hurt less though. <laughs> I mean, that would just hurt less. It wasn't faked. Let's get into some okay. more controversy. The longest lightning round ever. That was the most controversial thing. Yeah, <laughs> you kind of took that title away from Dale. I, uh, you know, that was a, I was after the lightning round. You know, it needed to be talked about. <laughs> you know, we want to give the folks, yeah. you know, we want to inform people. You know? Yeah. That's what we want to do. No, okay. All right. Uh, Captain okay. America. All right. <laughs> Truth. Truth. Red, white, and black. Um, very controversial. This is uh, Mark wanted to wanted this to be read. He wanted to light a fire. I completely understand. I don't think he had read it up until this point either. So he was just like, you know what? I think it's about Black Captain America. Let's check it out. And uh, 
You have any right? thoughts? Have you, read it? have you read it previous to this? I did read it previously. and So much for the book club being things we've never read before. Eh, well, <laughs> every now and then you got to plug your own interest. And I now loved and it. and then you loved it. I loved it. Give us a little backstory on this book, will you, Mark? Well, set in early 1940, this tells the story of six African Americans from six different walks of life. They are all, in one way, shape, or form, recruited or members of the military. They're all kind of banded together because the American military wants to get as many colored people as they can in one unit. Their reason being they want to test this new super secret soldier serum that will be used later to create an army of super soldiers. This story, or the men in this story, predates Captain America. They want to use, or I guess the similar comparison would be that of the Tuskegee Airmen mm-hmm. when they tested their hepatitis B serum. or Syphilis. Thank you. Syphilis B. Anyway, <laughs> so you learn about how these people were testing on and guinea-pigged on right. and the suffering that they went through. It follows... Help me out here. Would you say it follows all six characters, or would you say it... Um, yeah, it, it does follow... The the first issue is, like, all about the first six characters, and then they slowly, you know, get picked off as the series goes on, and it really concentrates on one for the for the last yeah, maybe half of the I'd, series. I'd say it filters down to yeah. Isaiah. Because I think when I first started reading this, I, you know, not knowing the story at all, I had an idea of my in my head who I thought... Yeah, the cat was going to be, and it turned out to be total opposite. Right. So, and so the story goes. You know, obviously you can figure it out, but there was a Captain America before Steve Rogers, and he was black. That was the big selling point for this book. I think Quesada did like the cover for Wizard. I remember, and it was like a big deal. Was this like during the Jemis era, Bill Jemis? You know, when things were like wild and crazy in Marvel. I don't think so because I had to look up when the floppies were published, and it was back in two thousand three. So mm-hmm. Quesada was EIC and Marvel, right? Yeah, yeah um, I think. So. Yeah, and I think Jemis was president. I'm trying to remember. Like around this era, I remember like the You Decide competition. Forgot about that. Yeah, yeah that, that's what kind of made me remember, but. In it, Kyle Baker tried to ground as much of the story in real-world black history as possible. For example, the book opens with an African-American couple going to the World's Fair during Negro Week back in 1940, and that actually happened. There was a week where it was for predominantly African-American males. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a, an instance there where their black sergeant was talking about the race riots in 1919. And he was recapping his story in Washington, D.C. And I actually had to forgot. I actually forgot about those race rides in that story. Actually led to a good conversation between me and my mom. But anyway, I liked how he kind of peppered little moments in black history in a non-preachy way. It was just a backdrop of this is where the country was at that time. Right. Did your mom ever read this? She did not, but I actually slid her my trade paperback version. This is something she would read. I um the first issue I'd be interested to hear her opinion on that. The first issue I th- I don't know was kind of a like if I bought this single I think I might even own the single issue of it, but I can't remember. I have to look. The first issue doesn't really set up the the title as I thought it was going to be. Right. Like yeah. it just introduced the characters and then that's it. Like before they even go off to war, and that's like the first issue of what you thought was going to be the Black Captain America. Like, I was like, ugh, that's it? Like, mm-hmm. let's, let's get moving here. Um, but as you read the whole book as a as a larger 
um, piece really fit together more, and it really amps up towards the last half. And there are some really emotional spots in it. The um, the part where you know they 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 take out all the black soldiers to go on like a you know an undercover mission, um, which is eventually you know pulling them into being you know lab rats essentially. You know, it reminded me of what the Nazis were doing to the Jews at that time. They, like, ran them all together and put them in, you know, kind of internment camps. But really, they're just doing the same thing. They're just putting them through tests and, like, killing some of them just right off the bat. Yeah. Um, the one that was just, it's, it's like, really strange. You know, the art, Kyle Baker's art, or was it um, Morales on art? I think it was... I think it's Kyle Baker. Kyle Baker, yeah. Kyle Baker Kyle with Baker Morales inking, Um the art is, it's hard to describe because I tried to imagine like Michael Lark on art. I tried to imagine this as like a Brubaker book, like a Brubaker Captain America book. And it it felt like, I don't know, I, I tried to imagine the tone of his art. His art is very, um, I want to say like Sunday comic, like the, the political piece comic. It's, That's for lack really of a reference. better term, it's kind of like that Afrocentric art. Like, it's the art yeah. that we have hanging in our house. Yeah, like the Harlem, Rena- Harlem Renaissance. Exactly. Kind of. mm-hmm. But I thought it added a different... I thought it added a good touch. It, it almost made it um, more relatable in that it's like... I don't I don't even know how to explain it. The art just set a different feel for the book than another artist. I agree. I, the one word that kept popping up in my head when I tried to link the art to the story was chilling. Mm. And for the reasons why, like, I would watch this art that if it were done with a different story would almost probably bring a sense of joy linked with this truly terrible things that were happening in this book like the the panel where they just like the line is okay so now we know that you know half a cc of the serum is too much and they've ended up exploding this guy on the table but uh, he it's drawn in a way that's almost comical so it's like it it the chilling is just the only word they could pop in my head. Well, yeah. it chills went down my spine. I was like, I just read something totally awful, and at the same time, Bra- uh, Kyle Baker is making a mockery of this with his art. So it's almost like a <clears throat> what's the word I want to use? Like a um, a testimonial uh, against this era in the form of like a, a paradox. Uh, parody art Mm -hmm. does that make sense like he wanted to take away its power by not giving it intense art i don't know if that makes sense no that makes sense yeah so deep the um some of the other stuff like you 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 learn more about the other test subjects that you you know became that you knew in the first issue and then you know they get picked off during the, the experiment phase and even one you know the one that was like the son of a of a wealthy man, but he's like a he's he grown up to be a communist, and he doesn't want to be known for his father's wealth. He wants to make his own way. Um, so he's tested, and they these these soldiers that were part of the the process they tell their families that they've been killed in action, and you know they they've been like obliterated, so they couldn't bring back you know the same body. Um, and then the one. This one, uh, sar- I can't remember if he was a sergeant, the little, the whiny, the little weasel guy, the weaselly white guy. Yeah. Uh, um, I, let's just, I, I'll just say he's a sergeant. He's He was with them the whole time, kind of egging them on. He's obviously, you know, a bigot and a racist. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tells, you know, the one guy that his parents, his father 
killed his mother and then himself after he found out that he was killed in the war. Um, and once he finds this out, he like completely goes nuts and ends up taking out him and the other guy. His fellow black sergeant who was also tested on in a part of their right. unit. And they're dead. Like they got into this argument over this. Um, and then they're they're completely like out of the picture, and then Isaiah Isaiah was the only one left. I was like stunned that like these two characters that you kind of get to know over like three or four issues are like killed right immediately. Yeah, and I thought the character I thought that was going to be the first uh, black Captain America was the Sarge, just the hard bitten military guy who you knew that even though he was because the the book. The book ends with this really hard decision. We need you, go, you to go on the suicide mission that we, we know and we're telling you we're going to send you out to die. And you're not going to come back. But you're going to protect Americans while you do it. So you give this person this terrible choice. Do I just shove it up the, the A of the people just mistreating me for years? But do I do the right thing and save Americans even though it's at such a personal cost to me morally and in my life and I thought from issue one it would be the Sarge who was most equipped to make that decision how about the scene where he steals the Captain America costume and he wears it for the first time he's on the suicide mission and he finds that uh, that big room with all the dead bodies that they were like oh yeah performing surgery on I like that that in that scene, it showed him crying. Yeah. As he's sitting there getting ready to torch all of these dead bodies that the Nazis experimented on, um, you can tell he's visibly shaken up and rattled. This isn't one of our stone-faced heroes. This is a guy who's went in over his head, and it just hit him. Yeah, like if that was like a Captain America book, there'd like it, there'd just be like a dark shadow over Cap, like looking down. But this is like a full-blown shot of his head, and he's just like weeping. And then, and then, not only that, but he he, in order to torture the place, he puts like the explosives in the hands of this dead, you know, child, and that's the that's the that's where the explosives that he leaves. And then after that, he goes into that like gas chamber to Such save to save, save the, women. the women that were in this about to get gassed um, in the camp, and like they're, you know, what were they saying? They like they turned on him. Yeah, they're they're gonna send him, they're gonna send you in to finally kill us, and that, like they start attacking him. And I think the monologue that he was thinking had something along the lines of you try not to focus on the fact that what the Nazis are doing to these women, right. they did to you and your friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your own government did this to you. Yeah. I, I even thought the B-plots of the series were extraordinary. I mean, just the stuff they put Isaiah Bradley's wife through through the years as she questions... Um, you know, you sent me, you know, a finger. How am I going to bury that? Did this happen? Are you lying to me now? And just her quest to find the truth, you know, you know, ironically, that's the title of the book, but to find out what happened to her husband. And even at the, uh, oh, I don't know if we're ready to talk about the involvement of Steve Rogers or the end yet. Mm. You mind if I segue into that? Um, and I thought I, I had mixed feelings on seeing Steve Rogers in this book. I did when I when Steve finally shows up. I was like, "Really? Did we need to have Steve Rogers in this book?" I mean, I, I, I thought it was almost trying to grab the spotlight away from Isaiah. But at the same time, when you finally get to the end of the story and find out why Steve Rogers is involved, it's kind of admirable, and it took me back in. Mm-hmm. But just that B plot that they they wrap up with her, 
uh, I say his wife finally getting the justice she deserves. And um, that great two-page spread where uh, you find, you know, Cap is oblivious to this, but every black person knows the story of Isaiah Bradley. He's kind of like an urban legend that they all, you know, everybody grows up hearing about it and is like a, right. a hero just in the black community. And you see all the two-page spread of him with celebrities, like him with Stevie Wonder. Yeah, that was awesome. That, and uh, what an amazing splash page that really, like, it hits home and you finally get the sense that no matter what the tragedies this character has been through, at least there was a light at the end of the tunnel that, you know, it didn't mm-hmm. have to be all tragedies in the end. It's a great, you know, page to give you hope for, you know, what we're going to come, you know, in the future. Um, uh-huh. I think that Steve Rogers works best for me when he's disillusioned by America and he sees America yeah. for its realities. Right. Um, maybe it's the cynic in me, but I liked how he was just so out of touch with the black community that when he's in the present with a black FBI agent interrogating a criminal and uh, he sees the FBI agent sees a photo of Isaiah Bradley's costume, he goes, where did you get this? This is Isaiah Bradley. Steve Rogers looks at him and goes, who? And he goes, you don't know the black Captain America. Just stunned. Like you said, Jonesy, he is an urban hero. Uh-huh. And I also like how Kyle Baker worked the story out so that towards the last chapters, the story was kind of being told backwards and forwards. So it would cut to Steve Rogers being told by other people what happened to Isaiah. And it would cut to showing Isaiah in that part of the story. Yeah. It was just a nice little way of touching it up. And I did like um, that in, in true Steve Rogers fashion, like he will not let anything lie. And that as soon as he was able to get the co- Isaiah's costume back, he immediately did the right thing and made sure that Isaiah got the costume. And he, I think the line is, you know, this belongs to you, mm-hmm. not not me. Yeah. Gives it back to him. Yeah, the last issue I thought was pretty emotional. That gave me chills, especially the panel where he sees all of the pictures with Denzel, Malcolm, Public Enemy, um, Bono, Sonny What was Cher. the one photograph? Do you remember there was yeah, one was that a, wasn't drawn? It was a it was photograph. an actual photograph. I think that was of, I think, Kyle Baker and maybe Casada. Hmm. I don't know. Oh, okay. Or Morales. Stanley. I think it was Morales. Stanley was Stanley there. Stanley was on there. Yeah. And yeah. then the next page after that was Cap with his head down, and one of Isaiah's grandchildren comes up to him. Like wanting Cap to read him this book, just a random book, and Cap's just so distraught he can't even speak. It just right. hit him like a floodgate. That was yeah. cool. Yeah, I thought the book's fantastic. Actually, I don't think it, uh, the book gets enough props. Not I mean, at all. At all. I mean, I went on. It's, I was uh, saying earlier. I went to the wiki page to see. You know, I wanted to see what the critical reception was of it. Any other news? But there's like nothing. It's just one paragraph, and, and that's the sin. Hands down, far and away, my favorite Cap story. Uh, I remember when the book came out, right around issue three, the decision was made by Marvel that this was going to be in continuity. So that's why they had a little segment at the beginning where one of the characters is reading a Captain America comic. Because yeah. then they had to reckon the timeline as to how this would work. Right. Even now, if anybody reads Young Avengers, one of the characters in there, Elijah Bradley, the Patriot, is the grandson of... Isaiah Bradley. Yeah, and I remember when I first heard of the Patriot, I hadn't read this book, and I didn't catch that reference, or mm-hmm. I caught it but didn't get it. So now I'm I'm glad that I know the backstory. 
there's a great scene. I think it was in an issue of Black Panther when him and Storm get married. Everybody's in Wakanda, and you see a couple black heroes talking. You see Luke Cage, and you see the Falcon, and you see Goliath. No, you see Black Luke Cage, Wolverine, and Goliath. And then Sam Wilson, the Falcon, strolls up, pushing Isaiah Bratley in a wheelchair. And all the black people just stop and smile and nod. And Wolverine goes, who's that? He goes, hmm. that's the Captain America. You show some respect. <laughs> it's like, it's cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Dale, your thoughts on Captain America Truth as uh, a whole? Yeah, I don't know. I'm still trying to process it all. Uh, I thought it was a, I thought this, I liked the Steve Rogers stuff. Um, I just have a problem. I don't know. It's like, I have problems with the book. But not f- about Isaiah Bradley or the experiments, which were reprehensible and terrible. I just there were plot points where, like the U.S. government and white people were a ter- were terrible, uh, even as late as the 1940s and beyond. You know what I mean? And what they did in Tuskegee and and all that were were just awful. And I know the writer was trying to kind of make light of that in his own experiments with when they were uh, experimenting with all the black people and they just, like, killed hundreds of black people because they weren't qualified for the super soldier mm-hmm. program. Like, I just, I don't know. I, I think I it mean, was too anti-white? Uh, history was bad enough. No, I don't think it was too anti-white. I just think history's bad enough. Why create even worse stuff? I I don't know. That was that was a minor sticking point. And the, but the major sticking point was... When Isaiah Bradley gets locked in the gas chamber with these poor Jews who all die in the gas chamber, but he survives only to be interviewed by Hitler. Like, I don't know. I just didn't like that. Like, oh, you know what? I forgot about that. History was bad enough I laughed at that as scene. it was. I mean, there's, I just didn't laugh. I just was completely offended by that because hmm. I don't know. Like, if you're going to get – why even draw a scene in a gas chamber to begin with? I just thought it was just too much for the book. I, I don't know. Like, did you think it was in poor taste, or? Yeah, maybe. I don't. But I was don't know it what too I, like sensationalized? Like, do you think it took you out of the story? Like, why take it to that extreme? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, and I can see, I can see. Um, the, the only driving point was these women were attacking Isaiah Bradley. But, I mean, why do it in a gas chamber and they turn on the shower heads and they show the gas coming out and everybody else dies but him? Like, I don't know. I just felt like that was just too much. The scene you're talking about, the next scene gave one of my favorite lines in the book when Isaiah Brantley wakes up in that gas chamber from his first mission and he's hogtied to a chair being interviewed by Hitler and one of his right-hand men. So they're talking in German. Goebbels. Thank you. They're They're talking in German. Obviously, Isaiah doesn't understand him. They make a plan, and he turns to Isaiah and offers him a job. He says, I have no (laughs) quarrel with your people. He goes, my people? Really? No, no, no. Not Americans, but your people. And he offers him a job. So Isaiah thinks for a second and goes, guys, my wife would kill me. Yeah, that was good. And at that point, Hitler turns to his right-hand man and says, kill him. Yeah. I mean, I, but I, overall, I just, I don't know what the, th- I don't know, it was just heavy stuff, and I, I don't expect heavy. that from a Marvel book, you know, it was just, yeah, you don't you see, know, I, I like that they did a black Captain America, I just wish they did it in a way that it was awesome, and black Captain America was kicking A through the whole thing, like, 
that and I know they were just trying to paint it in a light that the 1940s were kind of bad for black people and you know even to, to become black captain america there was a huge struggle but I don't know I just it's not my style of book I think that's all it was I mean mm-hmm. I don't know if I have any thoughts about the book just stuff like the gas chambers it was just too much for me like just cuz you know like Schindler's list is bad enough and that's like <laughs> That's like actual history, you know what I mean? So right. don't sensationalize it and, and and have somebody survive. I don't know. But Captain America Truth. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay, re- rewind. Ready? Captain America Truth. We got yeah. your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. We got to um, scalp levels of disagreement, I think. I don't, yeah. that, I don't, I don't think, think so. I think we did. No? no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't question I just made, the, dis- I just made the decision. Oh, okay. I don't know about you guys, but I'm highly offended by Dale, and I don't think he should be on the oh, show man. anymore. Good. So I'm just going to put that yeah, out there. So he's going to play devil's advocate in this group. And Dale was honest, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Can't wait to get out of his house. <laughs> get out of here. Coming to us from Joe from Goshen. Paperkid Podcast. Your thoughts on Marvel releasing more digital collections. I know Slim is a big fat baby and probably can't talk about it. What's Dale think? He's the second best one on there. <laughs> so at least he's Agreed on best. most points. I can't believe I'm second best. Slim, what's Slim got? Um... I no, assume I'm first. Digital collections, I think, are cool. I, you know, I think you're only saving a buck, but you're saving a buck, so it's good and bad. But the fact that they're doing it is cool to begin with. Step in the right direction. So, yeah. Right now, the uh, it's only in the Marvel app. I'm more of a I'm more of the Prime app myself. I think there's a way they can kind of link the two, but I don't know if that's uh, I've heard. Fail to see anything that can. It'd be, be nice bad if they could this. link the two. If they can't, I have it all. I have the collections all in the Marvel app. So. Mm. I think this can only be good. Mm-hmm. I love it. Ultimate X-Men collected. Astonishing X-Men yeah, collected. Astonishing. More to come. Who knows? Who knows? You know. Who knows? Okay. Coming to us live from Mike and New Hope. Hey, gang. Love the show, especially Dale. He's better than the rest of you losers put together. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. When's that Buffy podcast happening? Also, are there chicks going to be on it, too? Mark and Jonesy. I can hear you breathing every episode. Knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> Knock breathing off? Apparently. I gotta breathe, bruh. Next up, suicide keg. <laughs> really? <laughs> Buffy keg is uh, almost official. I think yeah. uh, I think it might be happening... October 9th? October 9th, recording, posted, possibly October 10th. Yeah, so two episodes, I guess, from this one? Yeah, we're yeah. gonna have two yeah. chicks on the show, probably. Oh, man. I'll try not to breathe. But, uh, you know, there will be wings. Don't want any kind of freaky heavy breathing going on when they're talking. Sure, really. Labored breaths. Should I hold my breath between comments? Super Uh, fan Beth Corto will be recording from her studio. Are we going to have podcasts, comic podcasts, Staple Mary Sale, too? Yeah, she might be there. Who knows? All right. Who cares? We got time for one more? Yeah, we can do one more. All right. Jeffrey from Maple Hill says, fellas, what's the deal with with that West podcast? Cameron hates everything, especially people that aren't thin. He can go F himself. <laughs> wow. In fact, Put don't... Put down the sandwich, fatties, fat people. In fact, don't read this on the air. My bad, Jeffrey. Because he probably says that stuff to get a reaction from people. He sucks. 
Ouch. It's working. Wow. Man. That's the number one. It's working. If people are screaming at their iPods, then we've done our jobs. Don't get me wrong. I love hearing from fans and talking to you guys offline. I know you do, too. Mm-hmm. How are you going to write into our show to hate on another? That's a good right. question. It's our paper keg. Paper West. keg West has started um, JM Stump. You know, he's he's on that show. Um, paper keg contributor Mandy Boo. I know she's Mandy, on every now and then. Mandy Boo. Yeah, when she has time, she's on there. Jurassic Alien, you know, riling feathers up. Mm-hmm. Contrarian Alien, you know? <laughs> you like something, I guarantee you he doesn't like it. Absolutely. I'll tell you about it. Um, yeah, there's a few other contributors, so check them out, you know, if you no, want to get agitated. I'll, I'll play devil's advocate for uh, Do it. for Cameron. Mm. You know, the point he was trying to make when he, uh, when he did say that he hated fat people was uh, that, you know, he was talking about disabilities in comics and, you know, being overweight for most people is a controllable thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he said put down that sandwich fatty. I think he might have, actually. actually I think he did say <laughs> put that sandwich. But, uh, you know, I'm a big guy myself. I was not offended by it. Uh, I chuckled. But then again, I, you know, I look at my life pretty ironically. But I could see how he... He's a shock it. He's a shock jock. You know, That's I, what he is. Listen, I, I hate Superman. So you know, write me letters about that. But you know, sometimes you you say things because the more hateful you are on the air, the more responses you get. Mm-hmm. Life's about hits, folks. That's right. Hits. I don't even know what that means. Hits. It's, it's a good way to go out on though. Sounds like a Joe I, Jackson um, line. Listen, I'm not. Or gonna, at least a Ike Turner. This could be <laughs> one uh, that I send to our grandkids. Yeah. It's yeah. a win column show. That's for to my grandbabies. Don't read TV Captain show. America Truth. There's got to be something better out there for Black Captain America. I don't know. Stay tuned. Read The Patriot. It's pretty good. The Patriot? Well, that's not a book, but yeah. Patriot the character. The wrestler? No, no, no. The Patriot the character. You had your best moment to end the show on, and then you just killed it. You know what? Killed we'll, it. We'll be back uh, next week. We've got a huge book club coming. Secret Wars. Dun-dun. We all loved it, by the way. The one that spawned an entire toy franchise. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Yeah? Thanks, guys. Letters at papercake.com. It was a good show. Listen to Papercake West. Maybe. We'll see you next week.